Hey guys, welcome to the Fahim Mujahid podcast. I'm your host, Fahim Mujahid. I'm a mental conditioning and human performance coach, but more than that, I'm a father, husband, family member, and friend who draws a lot of inspiration and passion from pouring into other people. Listen, I've been on this journey of self-evolution myself, and I find that with each opportunity, if one's passionate enough, you can find ways to not only enrich the lives of others, but find your way to your true north. I find so much inspiration from growing and learning and doing whatever I can to expose my own wounds so that we can collectively heal together. What I want for this podcast is an opportunity for me to use it as my offering to shifting the energy, the focus, the consciousness of the world that we're all experiencing, the world that we're all living in. It's a place that I want to grow with you so that we can all grow and become the best versions of ourselves. So for those Welcome of you all. who are not aware, the new, brand new MLS season began this past weekend. And um, for those of you, again, who don't, who aren't aware, um, one of the amazing opportunities I have, growth opportunities I have, is to be the mental performance coach for a professional soccer team here in Miami called Inner Miami. Um, and although it's a powerful amazing opportunity is something that I'm going into just really always trying to look for ways that I can add value and not just becoming content or excited with the opportunity is what you do with it, right? So one of the things that I um, I think is important to do and is to create something that I call match notes, right? So these match notes are essentially my takeaways from the game. And um, these are shared between me, myself, and the head coach. Um, and what it does is it creates a recap on my experience and what I was looking for. And the reason why I try to get them to coach as quickly as I can is because sometimes um, there's an opportunity between what I saw that either coincides with what he's, what he's, he also witnessed, um, but sometimes my language could kind of help guide his way of approaching it or applying it or communicating it. So I often find that the quicker I can get my match notes, um, the quicker I can get my match notes over to coach um, Phil Neville, the easier, the more accessible it can be for him. But also I know, um, having done it yesterday, that is something that he appreciates. So this match note serves as an opportunity for me to reevaluate or to share um, my perspective on 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 the uh, on the players' performance on the game. So yesterday's game was against LA Galaxy, right? And I mean, LA Galaxy has been a really a really good ball club since their since the beginning. Um, they've had a couple of championships, so they're for the most part they're all they're always pretty respected. Um, there's also a little history there with David Beckham. Um, obviously, David Beckham being a part of the ownership board here, but he was he was a player in LA for LA, LA Galaxy. So whenever those teams get together, there's a lot of additional emotion on top of just being competitive and wanting to excel and want to play well. They're also the first team that we played last year in that um, COVID season. Um, it was actually right before the COVID kind of rules, policies, no attendance at the stadium. It was before that. So we traveled, Inter-Miami traveled to L.A. last season and played um, played the Galaxy in the packed house, um, which was really powerful. And if you get a chance to, if, if you get a chance to check it out online, check it out online. So anyway, um, I mean, it was, the energy was amazing. Um, 
due to the COVID restrictions, I, I believe ownership put a, a cap on half capacity. So I think that the stadium that the team plays, I think it could hold about 16 to 17,000 and they capped it at 8,000. But, you know, 8,000 people there rocking, screaming um, in comparison to last year, not having anyone in attendance. It's a huge, huge, huge momentum shift. I mean, the energy was palpable. I mean, it was all over the place. Of course, it was a star-studded affair. I mean, you had everyone in attendance. Obviously, David Beckham. I mean, you had, I mean, you name it. You had Pharrell show up. You had Tom Brady show up. You had Victoria Beckham show up. You had, I mean, it was it was the who's who's of Miami prioritized yesterday's game. And it was good to just see for the city. I'm, I'm not really a huge celebrity kind of guy, but I understand the power behind having the buy-in in that way. Um, obviously, we live in a society that values that um, so celebrity um, above a lot of things. So I think using that celebrity power and having those individuals come to show their support and get and get and get behind the soccer club um, is a big deal. So nonetheless, the place was crazy. It was it was it was insane. Um, and it just felt good to finally get the season started with all the stuff going on, new coaching staff, there's some new players, you know. So anyway, I think the entire club, I think the people in Miami, I think the fans, I think ownership, I think everybody was ready for kickoff. And we had it. And I believe the gentlemen played a powerful, inspiring game. Um, if you haven't watched it or if you, if you haven't come across the score, um, LA won 3-2. It was back and forth, definitely competitive, definitely intense moments. Um, but what I want to start doing is developing a practice where, you know, when it makes sense, I want to be able to jump up here the day after a game and share, just share out loud with you guys my match notes on the game, just so we can kind of go through one at one by one. And if you find value in them, um, hopefully you do. Uh, but it'll also give you a little bit of insight into what I see as a coach and where some of the focus points I think are powerful for us going forward. If given the opportunity, this is where I would begin. So for the match notes against Inter-Miami and LA Galaxy, the first one, I put massive energy to start the game, team discipline, this is who we are. And the reason why I emphasize this is who we are is because I think we're always reaffirming and establishing our self-image individually, but also as a team. And I think that throughout the throws of the game, there's going to be some good plays, bad plays, especially if you're on the losing end. And I think it's important to pick parts of the game, of the performance that represent the kind of player you believe yourself to be, the kind of team you believe yourself to be. The kind of the kind of player, excuse me, and team that you're trying to inspire your players to believe in themselves to be. So, massive energy to start the game. Team discipline. This is who we are. I put that in all caps because I think what you want to walk away from, you want to walk away from communicating um, to your team that that's the first half of how we played is who we are at Inter Miami CF. And I think you can apply that to your family. You can apply that to your corporate structure. You can apply that whenever, whenever we're performing and we're and we're vibing and we're flowing into frequency, mind, body. Right. And 
And I think it's important to make sure that you highlight those moments so that you can use those as defining moments and not moments when you lost an account or you didn't perform as well as you thought you should have. So number two, adversity builds togetherness when harnessed correctly. How can we harness this? So, I mean, that's true. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you know that, right? It's through those moments of challenge. It's through those moments where you felt like giving up. It's through those moments where you were disappointed that helped in a lot of ways develop and build you into who you are. Teams are no different, you know? So when we're punched in the mouth, when we're going through those moments of adversity, we can use those as an opportunity to actually build the togetherness that we need. But we have to harness it correctly. And I think it's important to make sure that you, again, on this one, focus on how can we harness this? So I like to, you know, even in my notes, ask questions because I think questions are more inviting. You know, I, I, I'm the first to, you know, I try to always coach from inclusion. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to coach from on top of a soapbox preaching as if I know it all because I don't. So I think there's always opportunities that you can communicate inclusion and I, and I try to do that to my coaches, to my clients. So being able to ask coach, all right, well, I have some, I have some ideas on how we can harness it, but he comes from his own background of experiences, right? Coaching from in Europe, playing at some of the, at the most elite club of all time, Manchester United. So he has his own understanding and, and process with how to build togetherness and harness it through adversity on the teams that he's played for and as a player and now as a coach. So I like to, I like to always incorporate some questions. So anyway, so number three, we played winning football, continue to prioritize winning quality football. The scoreboards will take care of themselves, control the controllables. That's such a big one. That's such a big one because I think what you'll start noticing, and, and it's also something that showed up You'll start noticing that when you start playing the clock, when you start playing the scoreboard, you start playing outside of your performance. You start stressing and worrying about and being triggered by the external environment, as opposed to finding that stillness and that in internal dialogue to kind of help you stay present in your play. And we start focusing our attention and energy on things that are outside of our control. And the reality is, is you could be the greatest player of all time. And yeah, you can influence the scoreboard, but you can't control it. So the most, the, so the more that we could focus or put our focus on the things that we can control, like how we as a team define winning quality football, in essence, the scoreboards will take care of themselves because they will, unquestionably. If you continue to hold yourself to a championship standard and you're clear with your athletes as far as what's suspected, and your athletes buy in and they show up day in and day out, the scoreboards will take care of themselves. Control the controllables. Number four, I put expect adversity, expect mistakes. Build your minds to better withstand those moments of difficulty. Mentally improve our mental reset speed. Now, this is something I got a little, a little bit, a little pushback from the coaching staff when I said this, and I, I was actually, I like pushback. I think it's great. You know, don't take anything hook, line, and center singer. And one of the coaches said, "Well, I think that's an overgeneralization because after all, we did score after they scored." And I said, "Well, you know, the end result being that we scored after they scored isn't by any way." clear indications of our ability to be able to reset our mental focus as a team. 
right? You you know, you that you not being able to respond or mentally respond as efficiently as you can has very little, if anything, to do with whether or not we turn around and score again. I mean, those are all the ebbs and flows of, of the game. But what we can control, what we can pay attention to, is how long it takes us to mentally reset. We're in those moments and we're giving up a play or we make a mistake. Instead of it taking five minutes for us as a team to reset, is there anyone on the, is, is there anyone on the field that can help expedite that and maybe cut that down to three minutes? Are we are we teaching our athletes to expect those moments so when they when those moments show up, they're mentally prepared and able to reset more powerfully? Right? Because I think champions are those who can reset quicker than most. When you give up that touchdown, when you make that bad error, when you um, miss that shot in the tightest moment, when you give up that pass, when you when you get scored on. So I think our ability to expect those moments and understand that as a team, our team unit, our team unity, our our power, our passion, our togetherness cannot be completely dependent on us playing flawless, mistake-free football because that will never happen. There will always be moments that we wish we could get back in, in every game. Every time you go on a pitch, expect adversity, expect mistakes. And I'm not saying going gravitating towards them, but what I'm saying is if you're mentally prepared, that's where mental toughness is all about. It's not necessarily developing a mindset that could foresee any outcome or can always be or reframe in a positive mindset and always operate at neutral. Yeah, that's one component, but the most important component, in my opinion, to the to the importance of mental performance and psychology, is preparing yourself for those moments of adversity. How do you respond? How do you reset? What's your inner dialogue like? What's your body language like? How do you communicate with the environment? The environment that you're experiencing as an athlete in the competitive environment. How are how are you mentally, emotionally? How are you experiencing that environment? That's where that's where the value in the work comes in. So I think it's important to make sure that we try to do the best we can to search for opportunities in our own lives where we feel like, you know, we can get better at getting back to reset. You know, because there's moments in our lives that show up where we get disappointing news or we're frustrated or you know, we get into an argument with someone that we care about or we get a report back on something that we did for work and you know we harbor that and we take that into the next week and the next week and the next week so where where can we as individuals get better at that reset so number five i put we lose if we move from this game without taking the lessons and growth opportunities it presents number five is is really powerful because i believe you know, championship teams and players don't shy away from losing games. They don't shy away from difficult moments throughout the season. I think they welcome them. And the reason why they welcome them is because you'll always gain more information and more knowledge and more wisdom from those losses than you will the wins. So it only, in my opinion, truly becomes a loss when you're allowing yourself to move on from that experience without taking the value without taking the lessons, without taking the feedback. 
So where can we use this opportunity to seek out the lessons and the growth opportunities? Number six, long seasons playoffs are not decided in April. So, you know, I love number six because I think it reiterates the fact that the season is long, right? And how we respond to this moment has more to do about the character of our team and what and what are certain things that we can establish and create? What patterns can we create so that throughout the season, when it comes time, when it comes time, we're clear about who we are as a team. And the only way we're going to do that is we allow ourselves to take yeah, the lessons and the growth opportunities from this experience, but move on. Once we retain the value from this experience, move on because the season is long. So let's use this as an opportunity to make us better so that we're in the position to be one of the playoff teams and one of the championship clubs at the end of the season. But understand that this is part of the process. This is part of the process. You grow into the team that you want to become. We're not expecting you guys to come out there in April and look like MLS Cup champions. We're expecting you guys to come out there and compete and play with love and togetherness and passion and understanding that, yeah, ideally we want to try to get as close to mistake-free football as we can, but when those moments show up, are we unified in our belief? Are we consistent in our encouragement? You know, when we feel like we're getting knocked down, how fast or how quickly can we mentally reset and get back to neutral? So number six is long seasons playoffs aren't decided in April. Number seven and the final one is turn the page. Turn the page. Now's the time to come together, take the information, take the opportunities and turn the page. All right, so if you're listening at home, reiterate, number one, massive energy to start the game, team discipline, this is who we are. Number two, Adversity builds togetherness when harnessed correctly. How can we harness this moment? Number three, we played winning quality football, continue to prioritize winning quality football. The scoreboards will take care of themselves, control the controllables. Number four, expect adversity, expect mistakes. Build your minds to better withstand those moments. Mentally improve our mental reset speed. Number five, we lose only if we move from this game without taking the lessons and growth opportunities it presents. Number six, long season playoffs aren't decided. In April, number seven, turn the page. So that's my take on yesterday's epic performance. I, I think, you know, I was proud of the guys. I think it's a, an epic first step. I think it's a great first step. And I think there's a lot of substantive feedback for us to build upon. And I know that we have the ownership and the, and the coaching staff that's going to help us harvest as much from this as we can. Um, I love the language. I love the conversations um, that I'm receiving. I'm loving how everyone's responding, right? New season. This is only the first step. Only the first step. All right, guys. Hope you found value in it. Cheers.